The first reading this morning is from Proverbs 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace to your, your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our house with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me 
will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from James chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed like the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, My name is Langdon. If you don't know me, I want to say Happy New Year. Woo! Um, It's New Year's. If you're a visitor, if you're online this morning, welcome to 2023. Let me be the 10th person, hopefully, to tell you that. Um, I thought I'd start with some cheese this morning, some cheesy jokes. Is that okay? Some New Year's jokes? Because it's early. It's New Year's. Here we go. And we just did a series on Adam, so here's a joke about Adam. This is pretty dumb. What did Adam say to Eve on December 31st? It's New Year's, Eve. Oh, dumb. What happened to the man, I like this one, what happened to the man who shoplifted a calendar on New Year's? He, he got given 12 months. You're not laughing as much as I do now, it seemed like, anyway. I know, thanks, thanks Tina. What is a New Year's resolution? Something that goes in one year and out the other. Oh, hey, there, there you go, there you go. Just a bit of cheese this morning. New Year's resolutions, does anyone have any? Not to have one, says Lloyd. I had one once. Actually, do you know what? 1994, the one year's resolution I ever had was I'm going to go to church. And I'm really, really glad that I did. I haven't kept one since, but it was good, yeah. Um, what, I think what we do with news resolutions, we often think about news resolutions, we often go, if I'm going to do that or not do it, maybe you're the wisest of all, uh, Lloyd, because we often go, I want to be better the next year, don't I? I want to be wiser. I want to live a, in a different way. I want to stop doing that thing. I want to start doing that thing. I see something. I see a a better way of living, a wiser way of living. That's what I want to do. That's what we aim for. We value 
wisdom. And this is why it's so cool that we're starting our year with this series in Proverbs. We're thinking about wisdom because we look around us and we see uh, people who seem to be doing life better. Do you ever do that? You look around and go, gee, they figured out that out. You know, sometimes it's little stuff like cooking. Like if I want to know how to be a really good cook, I'm going to like, I'm going to watch Gordon Ramsay. Do you know what I mean? No, no, they say, no. If I want to uh, learn to be a good dancer, you know who I would watch? Fred Astaire. Have you seen that? Like, he's, he's pretty good. He was, like, old, older than me, but pretty good. Like, you can, you can see that people have wisdom in different areas. You might look at yourself and say, I think I'm wise in this area. Maybe I'm not wise in that area. You can look at other people or yourself and say, I'm a fool or I'm a wise person in general. I think we can do that. And we can look around. There's wisdom all around us. Um, there has been many historical uh, wise figures. Uh, Solomon, we're going to... Uh, Solomon's one from the Bible. There's a lesser known one you might know. Her name was Sister Abigail of Nice. I think there's a graphic of her. She was known as none the wiser. <laughs> yes, come on. Hey, it's early. It's New Year's Day. We can... Oh, sorry. That's a meme. There's wisdom. It's all around us. And we look at this, the wisdom of the world that is constantly, constantly being uh, projected around us. And we look and go, some of those things are good. So there's things people have figured out in life, we want to learn from them. But this morning, we're going to be thinking about a biblical wisdom. When we look around our world today, I've been thinking about this. What is the wisdom of the world? What are some of the lessons that I pick up just from... Um, engaging in media, engaging in conversations, some of the cultural wisdom uh, that I found. Here's a few that I've been thinking about. I'm told constantly success is found in wealth. I'm told constantly to put myself and my happiness first. I'm told that being comfortable and happy is the main priority, or should be. I'm told that I should leave a legacy so people remember how great I am. I'm told to be self-dependent, to not forgive people because I'm owed things. I'm told to uh, not like the people that disagree with me. I'm told all these lessons. Maybe some of those resonate with you. Maybe they don't. And I have to ask, what do I, what do I go with? What is wisdom? And so we're going to be looking in this series at the book of Proverbs and one of the questions we're going to be asking is, what does the Bible say about wisdom? We're going to be doing that, as Robin said, over the next five weeks. So would you pray with me as we look at chapter one this morning? Yeah? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have made it to 2023. And Father, we can start 2023 together in your word. Father, we're going to examine wisdom this morning. We're going to think about it. And Lord, I just ask for your spirit to help me. But I pray, Lord, as we look at wisdom, you would just speak to us by your word. To hear it and know it. But more than that, to embrace it and live it. I pray for me to do that. I pray for all of us uh, doing that. So just in the next little bit, 
open up our minds and our hearts to your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to look through uh, Proverbs. And as we do that, chapter one is awesome because it tells us what is the book of Proverbs for. Hands up. You ever read Proverbs before? Anyone? Some people have. Have you ever read like a bit of Proverbs? Just touched on it, but not gone through it. Um, we're going to see in chapter one the purpose of Proverbs. And it's uh, nicely stated clearest for us. Have a look from verse two. Uh, the Proverbs uh, of Solomon and David, king of Israel, for what? For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving uh, instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those with simple knowledge and discretion. And it goes on. Proverbs speaks of this idea of wisdom. Uh, the Hebrew word is a, a word called hokmah. Uh, I think there's a, the Hebrew on there, but it's translated as wisdom. And it's really this ability to the acquire the learning to make wise choices in everyday life. Think about the wise people you know, they make wise choices. They live skillfully. Wisdom in uh, the Bible has moral quality as well. And it helps us to perceive the order that is in every sphere of life and to live in accordance with that order that's there. We often think of wisdom in philosophical terms, but the Hebrews often thought of it as uh, very practical as well. So when uh, you can read in scripture, when the temple was being built, some of the craftsmen were given wisdom from the Lord as they did that. Uh, the word hokmah, uh, wisdom, describes the ability to function successfully in life whether it's by having the right approach to a difficult situation or the ability to weave a cloth. It's a practical and applicable to the world, not just otherworldly. Uh, one theologian uh, that I uh, read, uh, Hill and Morton, they say, I found this helpful. Wisdom taps the life experience of accumulated years and harnesses that knowledge and understanding for the purposes of safety, long life, right behavior, sound moral character, happiness, prosperity, and integrity. Ultimately, wisdom results in the ability to steer through life in a way that wins favor and a good name in the sight of both humanity and God. Do you, we want, I don't know, I read that and I go, I want this, I want wisdom. If you read through the book of Proverbs, which we're gonna do, I'll just give you a little heads up as, as we do that. Proverbs is full of observations about life in poetry and sayings. And there's often these contrasts. So when you read through Proverbs, you'll often get things like, uh, uh, this is how the wise live compared to this is how the fool lives. This is how uh, the, the good, the moral live. This is how the wicked live. There's often these contrasts. And there's often these insights that are often true. It's fascinating. They're not always true all the time. They're true but don't, not necessarily all the, single, all the time. Uh, and it's fascinating to read Ecclesiastes and Job, and they sort of can a bit respond to that. But the Proverbs uh, are for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, for the wise and the discerning. Proverbs is for everyone. The Proverbs are for those who are young, those who haven't got much wisdom to grow, but if you're wise, you might say, I don't need the Proverbs. I don't need any more wisdom. I've got it all. The Proverbs are for 
everyone, for the wiseling to grow uh, in, in our wisdom. And here is the thing that I love about this. I love that God has included the book of Proverbs because it says to me, God wants us to live wisely. God wants you and me to actually live wisely. He gives us these proverbs. He gives us his wisdom as a gift. But we have to know what to do with it. And we actually have to put it into practice. It's not there to be a secret knowledge. Wisdom is there for us. God wants us to have it. He wants us to have a depth of insight into how the world works. But let me say, we're going to jump to verse 7. Because this is the defining thing. I think, about biblical wisdom. Read this with me. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you were to memorize a verse, I would recommend that as you think about Proverbs. What is this saying? Wisdom is fearing the Lord. Now, when I, you read that and you might say, oh, fear, fear. Sometimes we go, can you fear the Lord? I often have this conversation. That could be a trigger word for some people. Uh, the, in the Old Testament, that word can mean dread or terror, but it can also mean to stand in awe, to revere and respect. I remember uh, a few years ago, here's a fishing story because I can get away with it because I always do. Um, we caught a tiger shark. Now, it was the most majestic, beautiful amazing beautiful creature from a distance when it is thrashing next to the boat and it's a couple of meters you are scared like I'm like oh you know there was a mixture of me of fear and awe and it's a similar sort of thing I think as where this is going it's the same word that is used uh, when God descends in Mount Sinai that the people had this sense of this gracious amazing God but also this absolute fear And so when fear, this idea that God is God, when we have a sense that God is God and we are not and we come before God, the Bible says that is the beginning of knowledge. That is the beginning, it says later on, of wisdom. Uh, Fear, to fear God is to hold him above everything else, recognizing that all life falls under him and is shaped by him. The fear of the Lord brings total change to how we live and see the world, a recognition that God is God and I am not. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To have any wisdom begins with knowing the Lord. If we don't know the Lord, we can't grasp wisdom. I don't know about you, I even had a conversation last night with this very wise, very uh, learned, very successful in his career, person but he didn't know the Lord he didn't know the Lord you can have wisdom but biblical wisdom comes from knowing the Lord and it says that fools despise wisdom and instruction it's not that fools can't learn wisdom it's that fools won't learn wisdom C.S. Lewis says this in God you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably, immeasurably superior to yourself Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you're a proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Wisdom comes from recognizing who we are before God. 
I know for my journey, uh, when I was confronted with the gospel, I, I, re- I started finding out about the Lord. I realized that I had to respond to God. I had two choices. I realized I could, A, try to ignore what I'd been learning about God and Jesus and just try to forget about God for the rest of my life, walk my own way. Or once I learned about Jesus, I actually had to surrender to him, surrender my life to Christ. And for me, that came out of understanding who God was. If this is God, I actually need to recognize that God is God in my life. And it means that I have to surrender all these bits to him who is now above all things. The process of spiritual growth is a process of surrendering all the different areas of my life to come under God. And that means that when I come to know God, I come to know scripture, there's some things that are really easy to get on board with that seem really wise in my own eyes. There's also some things that I really struggled with. But part of the process is for me to go, I may not get everything. I may not understand everything. I don't want to be ignorant of everything, but I also am going to recognize that God is God and I am not. And I'm going to surrender those things to him. And as we're understanding that wisdom begins with a fear of the Lord helps us to just uh, continue through Proverbs. Have a look at uh, the next bit of the chapter because the chapter's going to go on and it, chapter one's really an introduction. And it's going to go on and we're going to see the difference between people who live foolishly and people who live wisely. And we get this contrast of the fool, the wise person, and it starts with a dialogue with a father and a son. And maybe they're sitting down for a father-son chat. Uh, maybe they've pulled out the coffee or something like that. And it's this intense conversation. And as we read it, uh, it's really, the son is really representative of the reader. We put ourselves, the reader, uh, in the son's place. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. There are a garland of grace to your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And he outlines for his son the way of the foolish person. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit, we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our house with plunder. Cast lots with us, we will share all the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set their foot on the paths, for their feet rush into evil. They're swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net everywhere a bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. It's a funny little divergence. We've got an introduction to Proverbs, and then we've got this conversation between a father and a son, and he's sort of saying, son, don't go join that gang. <clears throat> That's not a conversation I always have in this culture, in other cultures, absolutely. Maybe in, uh, at that time in Israel, there was those opportunities. It's a bit of an extreme example, but what do we see? The father is exhorting the son, saying, you know, really sitting down, exhorting him to say, live wisely. Don't reject my teaching. Don't reject your mother's teaching. He's crying out, embrace the wisdom. And he's asking the son, look out. Look out 
for the things that will entice you. He's not saying to the son, go live in a house and avoid all of this. You're going out into the world. I want to prepare you for the world. As you go out, look out for the things that will entice you away from me, from wisdom. And he also says, look at how the consequences will play out if you do. Look at these consequences. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. It's not going to end well. What do we see? The father recognizes that life is not straightforward and easy. And it's not always going to be easy to discern. Does that relate to anyone else? Me too. There will be stuff that is going to entice the son. And there'll be wisdom from the Lord that'll be strong, but there'll be also, uh, some will be, uh, uh, you'll be able to resist, but stand strong. There's going to be temptation to let go of wisdom and embrace your own way, but stand strong. And that encourages me because I think today we are faced with wisdom that doesn't come from the Lord every day, all the time. And it's a constant discerning. I think it's reading this as the Father saying to us, you've got to constantly make a decision. Who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust my wisdom? Are you going to trust the Lord's wisdom? Um, It might be a temptation to have an affair or watch porn, go to the place and spend the money you shouldn't spend, doing things on your own strength, thinking I don't need to pray for, whatever it might be. And we get a lot of this from, in our world today, from the digital media. from voices on the news, from advertising, the lyrics and the music. I want to show you a graphic. I went to a conference uh, last year. Um, A guy called David Kinnaman and Barna did some research. This is fascinating. For the typical 15 to 23-year-old, spends per year 2,000, this is in 2019, so it's probably more since COVID, I suspect, 2,767 hours per year of screen intake. Just listening to all these different messages. Comparing that to probably the non-church goer. Comparing that to any intake of spiritual content. Coming to church, coming to youth group. On average, the non-church goer or, or um, you know, temple or something like that would get about 153 hours. The average church going, uh, 15 to 23, oh, thank you, um, Churchgoer would get about 291 hours of spiritual content in their life. Now, if you're in a year comparing, you're getting 2,700 hours of content with worldly wisdom, and yet only a small amount of time, comparatively, of actually engaging in spiritual content, engaging in biblical wisdom. Is that going to have an effect on the way we live? Absolutely. I think in Australia, the average is about six hours a day on the screen. What are we taking in? What are we taking in? Proverbs says we need wisdom on our head and around our neck. We need to hear our father's instruction, our mother's teaching. They're a garland of grace to our head and a chain to adorn our neck. That garland was like a, a thing you gave someone who won a, won a, a, a sporting competition. There's a sense of If we want to win in life, embrace wisdom. Embrace wisdom. 
embrace wisdom. And the way of wisdom, uh, as we move further into the passage, gets personified as this lady. And she's saying, she says this, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. Lady wisdom, on top of the wall, she cries out of the city. She makes her speech. How long will you who are simple Love your simple ways. How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent. Lady Wisdom is there. She is in our, she's not absent. She's here. She's crying out. She's in our heart. She's in our Bibles. She's there offering herself. She's in the midst of long, uh, of our lives. And she says, how long? She's saying, I'm here. I'm wisdom. I'm here. You know I'm here because how long are you going to come to me? I, I, you know I'm here because I know you know I'm here. And I'm saying I'm here, but you're not embracing me. Lady Wisdom is there. She's on offer. This is the gift of God. How long? You know I'm here, but you still persist in ignoring me. You mockers are getting hardened towards me. She's always there for us. We've just got to put her into practice. And Lady Wisdom says, if you come to her, if you come and embrace wisdom, if you come and embrace these proverbs, embrace God's wisdom, I will pour out, I will pour out on you my thoughts. The same word for thoughts in that verse is spirit. I will pour out my spirit. It's also found in Acts 2.17. And we read that, that God says, in the last days, he said it in Joel, he said it in Acts through Peter. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all my people. If we come to Christ and we embrace wisdom, there is more wisdom for us. God will pour it out. Lady wisdom is right there. You can embrace folly, you can embrace wisdom. But she continues, since you refuse to listen to my call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. You disregard my advice. You don't accept my rebuke. I will turn and laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me and I will not answer. They will look for me but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. If we ignore wisdom... There's consequences to that. Now, I don't know about you, I stayed up till 2.30 in the morning last night. Did anyone else stay up late? I heard a 3 a.m. Anyone later than that? Do you know, last week, because it's holidays time, I stayed up till 3.30 in the morning. And at the time, I had to get up at 8 o'clock. At the time, I was like, this is a dumb idea, but I'll keep on going anyway. I could hear wisdom saying, Langdon, go to bed earlier. But I was like, no, nah, I'm doing it on my own. I'm going at 3.30 in the morning. Now, when I woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning, I was like, oh, that was a bad decision. And you know what? Wisdom was mocking me. But it wasn't there for me to go and get it. Because I can't, wisdom, it was gone. Like, the next morning, I can't go grab wisdom again. It had gone. It was too late. Does that make sense? It was too late to go grab it. I was like, oh, that was a bad choice. Um, where was wisdom at 8 o'clock the next morning? It had gone. It's a small illustration, but it's a bigger reality that wisdom is there. 
But there are consequences if we disregard wisdom. Our ignoring wisdom will catch up with us. And if godly wisdom is fearing in the Lord, when we don't do that, when we don't embrace it, it will have eternal consequences. I want to finish with um, that awesome story. Just thinking about this, remind me of the story of Jesus and, and the rich man and Lazarus. So the, the story Jesus told of the rich man and Lazarus. Do you know the story from Luke 16? It's this parable of Jesus. He says, there was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, But have Moses and the prophets? Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, If someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, even if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone else rises from the dead. That rich man lived unwisely. He knew wisdom. He had the opportunity. He knew that poor man was there. He had the opportunity, but he lived in an unwise way. And ultimately, that had the consequences. There were consequences for him of that ultimate separation from God of being uh, unwise in that parable. But we also have that, that last verse there uh, where Abraham says, uh, even if someone, uh, when he begs, even if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Jesus tells this parable to the Pharisees and he's, he's sharing this with them, knowing that he is gonna go to the cross and die on the cross for our sins. But in the same way, he's showing them, you guys are missing out on godly wisdom. And as Proverbs 1 says, there is consequences. There are consequences for missing out on that wisdom. Jesus is our model. When I think about who is the wisest person, I think about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our model of wise living. He lived wisely according to the scriptures, but he was mocked mercilessly. And it took him all the way to the cross. But as he lived wisely, he's now raised up at the right hand of God, interceding for us. Raised up and exalted. And he calls us to follow God's wisdom. And as we follow God's wisdom, we might seem really unwise to the world. We might be mocked as fools. But we're called to follow God's right wisdom. It may not be how the world would have us live, uh, and increasingly, it's going to be the opposite. They're going to tell us where we're going to be wrong. We may be scorned for it, but it's also what we're called to do with our hope, knowing that we will have life in Christ eternally.
When we read Proverbs 1, and I encourage, I hope this has opened you up to keep on reading, we're given a choice. The choice for us is, are we going to be foolish and ignore wisdom? Or we've been introduced to wisdom, are we going to go and embrace it? Verse 32, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, complacency of the fools will destroy them, but wisdom, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Do we choose wisdom? Do we choose foolishness? Here's my encouragement this morning. Number one, embrace wisdom. If you've come to church this morning, if you're watching online, we've heard this morning that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you haven't come to the point of knowing who Christ is, you haven't come to the point of surrendering your life to Jesus, today is a great day to do that. It's the beginning of the year. If you want to learn more about that, we have copies of Luke's Gospel. Uh, read the stories of Jesus for yourself. If you want to talk to someone, do that. But if you haven't done that, surrender yourself firstly to a fear of the Lord. But if you do, if you know Christ, as I know many of my brothers and sisters here do, embrace wisdom. How can you live wiser in 2023? How can you position yourself to listen to wisdom more in the world? What areas of godly wisdom do me and you, do we, need to fully embrace? And what are the areas of life that I need to drop? Number one, let us embrace wisdom. Let this year be the year of wisdom. Number two, pass it on. I love that wisdom is a gift to be passed on. Who can you pass on wisdom to? Is it a grandchild? Is it a friend? Is there someone that you can share godly wisdom with? Maybe it's sitting and reading the Bible with them. Maybe it's someone that doesn't know Christ that you can sit and pass on wisdom to them. Who can you do that with? And here's number three. I'm calling this a New Year's challenge. Do you know how many chapters there are in Proverbs? 31. Do you know what, how many days in January? 31. Do you know what, the, today's the first, and we've just done the first chapter. Here's my challenge. What if... I'm going to do it too, and you can kick my butt if I don't do it. Why don't we endeavor to read a chapter of Proverbs a day over January? Is that possible? Is anyone willing to put their hand up and say they'll do it with me? You don't have to. Don't put your hand up unless you're, yeah? You want to do it? All right, we can encourage each other and ask each other, okay? Does that sound good? We'll do the Proverbs challenge. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you offer us wisdom as a gift. Father, I pray that as we read through Proverbs over these next five weeks, as we, uh, over these next 31 days, I pray for your Holy Spirit to be in us. And I pray, Lord, would we not only know your wisdom, and that's at one level the easy bit, can we live your wisdom? Would you enable us to trust you to live wisely. Show us how to do that. Father, I pray, are there people that we can pass it on to? Father, we're told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. Father, I pray that if there are those here this morning that have not surrendered themselves to you, Father, I pray that you would enable them to do that. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can begin 2023 together in wisdom, in Jesus' name.
Amen.